Hello, and welcome to The Executive Appeal, a show that convenes the world's most powerful and successful leaders to share mentoring and career advancement advice to help you successfully transition into senior level executive positions. I'm your host, Alex Trimble, award-winning speaker, author, and leadership expert with over a decade of experience coaching and advising some of our nation's most senior level government leaders. So if you're ready to reach your goals, let's get started. Hello, everyone. This is Alex Trumbull from The Executive Pill. And today, you guessed it, today is a good day. So today I have a phenomenal person. No, no, seriously, it's a phenomenal person with me today. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I really am so freaking excited. I'm so glad she's here with me. So look, but today I'm here with my good friend, Eve Aronoff Travella. Um, she was a member of the historical first women's Olympic judo team in 1988. She has medaled in 14 national championships and is a five-time U.S. Open champion. So I'm sure that if I, you know, do a little few more stretches, I might be able to take her. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> she is the recipient. <laughs> she is the recipient of the prestigious Olympian Award, which is sanctioned by the U.S. Olympic Committee. And she was and has been inducted into the U.S. Judo Association Hall of Fame. How are you doing today, Madam? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me here, Alex. I'm very, very excited to be here. Thank you. And thank our friend, Dr. Jean Kanakogi, for introducing us. Look, I'm going to be thanking Dr. Jean Kanakogi forever. So yeah. just FYI. And if we're, if we're at it, we might as well go in and thank her mother, Rusty, as well, um, given the role she played in your life as well. Absolutely. She is the reason... I went to the Olympics and all the other little girls in the world who have dreams to go to the Olympics for judo, um, we can give that credit to Rusty Kanakogi. She really dedicated her life to um, giving us that dream, and she was successful at it. Great woman. Great woman. I used to watch her when I was a little girl, literally watch her in her house in Brooklyn. They they had Their kitchen was not a kitchen. There were papers all over the table. And she had a phone with one of those huge long cords so she could walk around the kitchen. She would literally <laughs> spend her days, if she wasn't on the mat, coaching and teaching us. She was in her kitchen on that phone, speaking to people around the world, pushing for women's judo to get in the Olympics, give us a world championships, Pan American Games, everything that she could possibly do for women's judo. She was a, a woman of not only... Um, Equality for that, but e equality for all. She was definitely great. Has well, a da great daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and has a great daughter. And for yes. those individuals who haven't heard of her, um, you can listen to um, the interview I did with Jean Kanagogi, Dr. Um, Jean Kanagogi. And she talked about how her mother um, was the, is also known as the like the mother of women's judo because she did so much to to open the door for other women. And cool fact, if you want to remember this, is I think it was her first medal that she won or first like a big competition she won. She won while being dressed up basically as a guy in the competition. Like they didn't know she was a woman until afterwards. And then yes. after she won, they took it back because they said women weren't allowed. Like that's, that shows where we were. And I'm so glad we're not there anymore. Yes, yes. Oh, absolutely. And and Rusty never wanted another 
um, another woman in judo. She never wanted anyone to feel that way, but especially with judo because that was her passion. But she never wanted another young woman in judo to have that feeling of taking something away from you, you know, after you were being able to achieve it. She yeah, achieved it yeah. and got it taken away. For us, we weren't, you know, we were not given these opportunities and Rusty made that happen. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit random. Uh, people who listen to this show know that already. So <laughs> um, this morning I was, I was driving back home and, and as I was driving, I, I felt myself kind of bending the curve because I, I always drive within the speed limit. So don't worry about it, y'all. But I was bending the curve. And right when I got to a certain point, I let off the gas and I rolled through a little bit. Then I put the gas back on out. And I was, I imagined myself as a NASCAR driver. And I'm like, wow, like, yeah, you know, imagine like the way they're moving. Like they've got to be able to know when to down throttle, you know, when to slow down, when to maybe take your foot off the gas and kind of let the momentum take you a little bit. Because if you don't doing that, you're always pushing your foot on the gas, then you're possibly burning more energy than what you need to burn, right? Um and I thought about the same thing then the cyclists, right? Like they, they must know when to expend energy and when not to expend energy. And then I thought about you and Judo and I'm like, there's gotta be times, even though you're in a match, you're in a quote unquote fight, there's gotta be times where you're, you're intentionally managing your energy. So you're not always burning it up. So one, is that a crazy comparison? And then I want to ask you, how do you go about if that's true, how do you go about knowing when to put your foot on the gas and when to down throttle? There, that's a good question. There definitely is a strategy to that. Uh, when you are in a judo match, as you said, you have your opponent and that, that pressure is there. It's continuous because if, if you don't strategize properly, then they will get the better of you. So although judo is a fighting sport, it's, it's an art, it's a martial art. And judo was designed so you use your opponent's movement, uh, power, you use all of that against them. So if you're just going at it, okay, you mm-hmm. can't really feel what they're doing. So you need to, and that, that takes practice and preparation. So practice and prepara- preparation is so important because then when you go on the mat and you're in that match, you can't suddenly make those decisions without necessarily mm. practicing those, those mm. uh, techniques and, and the ability to know when to strategize um, uh, and, and do these different things to make you win the match. So yes, that is a, a, a very, very good question. And like I said, really the way to know how to do that is by practice and putting yourself in these different situations and in these different positions on the judo mat. Uh, preparation and practice is such such a big deal. It's kind of like, I always compare it to chess. Mm. If anybody knows how to play chess, it's like yeah. a physical chess game. So what you need to do is you need to know, it's all about action reaction. Yeah. So. It also helps to know your opponent. So if you can watch them, watch videos, sometimes you don't always have that. Sometimes you get a surprise opponent. But the more you prepare for all different types of situations, action, reaction, action, reaction, then you know what to do. And the person that 
practices and prepares the most for these situations are the ones that succeed the most. So that is a very good comparison. So you, the, I want to thank you for making me not feel dumb. Um, two, I, I love everything you just shared. And it what it made me think about now is transitioning exactly what you just said to to every other profession, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, you're a, you're an executive in a firm, you want to be an executive. Um, it, there is this feeling that the only way you can reach your goal is to just go full on 100% balls to the wall, whatever it may be. But it makes me think like we don't have forever energy. We don't have forever, you know, we, we can't just be burning it all the time because then we'll, we'll lose everything. So you have to be, you have to be prepared and know, like I said, know when to coast, know when to, to like be very strategic with your energy and your time. Um, you know, have you, have you th- felt that maybe in the non-judo world in your life, knowing when to throttle up and throttle down? Do, do, do you, do you get those feelings in your, 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 your normal life? Yes, yes, definitely. And, and that, that's definitely, a, a, you need the strategy for that, for those things too. There's a strategy of life. So definitely, and, and your daily routine. So I think what helps me with that is just, let's, let's take it on a, on a, on a small, um, you know, small stage here first, say um, my day. And I, I have to look at it and say, okay, what are the most important things I have to do in my day today? So I have short-term goals, long-term goals, small goals, and larger goals. Mm-hmm. So I look at all of that. I'm a, I'm a very strategic person and, and very goal-oriented. So I, I do, I look at all of that and I say, okay, what is the most important thing I have to get done today or the most important things I have to get done today? What's primary? What's secondary? And then what I'll do is I'll take those particular uh, things that are primary and maybe go full force on those and take one step at a time. And I, I always believe that it's very, very important to take one step at a time, you know, because life, life can be very overwhelming. Yeah. And yeah. if the more you do in life, whether you're um, uh, a working mom, a stay at home mom or dad, or mm-hmm. you're doing all of the above, whatever, whatever it may be, you know, we're, we all have. Most people have very busy lives these days and are trying to accomplish so much. And I actually take the strategy from my judo matches and bring it into my daily routine by taking one step at a time. I was the most successful in my judo matches, even at a world level, when I would look, I would look at my first match and say, okay, this is my first match and last match. Nothing before, nothing after, just look straight ahead like blinders on a thoroughbred racehorse. You know, just this is my first, this is my last. Sometimes when you look too far ahead, then you you take focus off of your primary goal or your first goal of the day, and then you're all over the place. So focus is is very, very important. And your goals, you know, I, I try to wake up every morning and I always talk this to my children um, and, and to people that I, I try to make a difference in their lives and help them with these uh, different uh, scenarios that you're talking about. And I say to always try to, besides all of the things that we have going on and all of the goals, try to make your first goal when you wake up in the morning, 
even if you have to write it down, your first goal is to have something at the end of your day or at the end of your day could be the evening, whatever mm-hmm, the end of mm-hmm. the day is. Try to have something to put on your list, even if it takes five minutes, two minutes, something that makes you happy, something that mm-hmm. makes you feel good. End yeah. your day or begin your night with, it could be sitting and meditating for two minutes. It could be calling or texting your children. It could be watching a, a cartoon for five minutes or something silly. <laughs> a- anything. Got my number. Going for a walk. Anything. But but have that. So it feels like you have a purpose at the end of the day. Yeah. That you have something to look forward to with all the busy things and all the goals wow. and all the stresses that you may have. Because during that day, if you're stressed out and you're overwhelmed, you could think about that and say, what is it that I said this morning I was going to do tonight? Yeah. You know, maybe just sit down at my kitchen table for a second and have a cup of tea, yeah. you know, or like me, have a glass of wine, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever it may be. And ho- hopefully I answered your question a little bit. I know I go off on, on no, no. Look, things as well. No, th- you, that was extremely insightful. If you're a manager in the federal government, do you have feds protection professional liability insurance? Because if you don't, you need to get it. Having a feds policy means that you will be protected against any professional capacity lawsuit, administrative action, or criminal investigation arising from actions taken in the scope of your employment. This insurance is a must have for federal managers and starts at just $209 a year. Plus, your agency will reimburse you for half of this cost. To learn more, visit www.fedsprotection.com or call 866-955-3337 today. Two things. One, you make me think of kind of how you were talking about the the, the blinders like a racehorse. Um, I, I always tell people like the same thing is like I'm a hiker. I, I like hiking and and if you are looking at the top of the mountain where you're going, if that's what you're focused on and that's what you're looking at, you're going to fall. Yes. <laughs> you, yes. You, yes. It's exactly. nice to know where you're going, but you got to be focused on the step that you're about to take because you could walk off the side of a cliff right. or trip or whatever it may be. One step at a time. <laughs> One step. At, so I, I, I love that concept, but you know, you just, you also said something like, I always applied that for our larger goals um, in life, but I hadn't thought about it on a daily basis. And, um, you know, like you said, being very intentional about saying, okay, these are three things I'm going to get done today. And then also, I love how you said one of those things maybe be something that you really enjoy. So you have something positive to look forward to at the, by the end of the day or whatever your quote unquote day is. Um, and I'll tell you really quickly, if you don't mind me sharing, um, like f- six years ago, so maybe six, seven years ago. Um, I was in really good shape. Um, I, I was running almost every day, working out almost every day. My, my diet was, was really good, strict. I, I felt really good about myself. Um, but over the last, let's say four years, um, my, uh, I've not been in that, 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 that level of fitness and or eating. And I've been very frustrated with myself about why I can't seem to to stay on it. And I'm reading this book right now called Friend and Foe. Really great book. And one of the things they talk about is 
that we only have so much self-discipline. We only have so much, um, it's a it's a muscle. And, and, and if we're using it all the time, then it, it becomes to weaken in other areas. And what I found is like, I look back at my life now, I'm like, well, back then I had like my day job and I've served as a leader within the, org- within the government. And then I had just my fitness, like just being really healthy. Um, but now I have my day job. I have my company. I have my podcast. I have additional speaking I do. I have, I have, I have a lot on my plate that I have to be very, very detailed with and very disciplined to keep all those balls in the air doing, growing and doing well. What I found is that I've now let my, my weight and my health go. Um, and so, you know, that was just a wake up for me. Like, maybe I got a lot too much on my plate right now because I'm not then focusing on this thing that I think is so important to me. How do you, did you ever feel like you just were pulled too in too many different directions as you were progressing? And you, everyone, please just know, I said like the national titles and, and Olympian and Hall of Fame. She has an ungodly number of medals and winning. So that so you've accomplished so much in your own business and in, in the judo world. Like, did you ever feel like you're being pulled in too many different directions? And how do you how did you either manage it or how did you pull back in to, to get back to what you really felt like you needed to focus on? That's a very good question. I have to say, I don't I don't promote this, but sometimes I lose a little bit of sleep. <laughs> you know, sometimes I have to get up a little earlier or go to sleep a little later. Um, but I can do that because I stay in shape. So I have more energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I want to say in your case, I get that. I have a lot of people that ask me this question and they don't have the time to get into shape or get back into shape the way they were or to just get into shape at all. The number one thing is our health. Without that, we don't have anything. Without that, we don't have all of these things that we could accomplish. Mm -hmm. Health is number one. So that's a very important thing. So first, I'd like to give a little advice to you. Please. say that I know that you do have a lot of things going on, and I get that. Even if you can get up 20 minutes earlier every morning, 20 minutes, even 15, start out with 15, try that. And then before you know it, you'll have more energy and you'll be getting up. If you're getting up 15 minutes earlier and doing a little exercise, all of a sudden you're going to be getting up 20 minutes earlier and doing 20 minutes of exercise. Yeah. Next thing you know, it'll be 25 minutes earlier. 25 minutes of exercise. Try to do that. The exercise will give you the energy and the ability to get up just a little bit earlier each morning, get some exercise in. You're married, right? Yes, ma'am. If you could, <laughs> if you could get your wife to do it with you too, even better. You inspire each other. It's something that you could do together. You know, you're very busy. Maybe she's very busy. It probably You probably have to make an appointment to go on a date. You know, like this, you have a date every morning, you know, like I said, even if it starts out with 10 minutes, 10 minutes every morning, you know, so, um, you know, for me as an individual, I want to say, yes, I've always been, you know, pulled in a lot of directions. And what I would have to do is kind of like what I said before, I would have to focus in on the primary goals and make sure that those happen first. So I have to, you have to you know, kind of organize things and again, strategize and figure out what, what the priorities are 
and make a little list and okay, this is first, this is second, yeah. this is third, this is fourth. Figure out the things that are, that are the most important to you and focus a little bit more on those and then maybe pull back a little bit on one or two of the other things and get that exercise in because that exercise will give you the energy yeah. to be able to accomplish all these things in a day. It really does work. People look at me and they're like, oh, I can't do what you're doing. And I can, you don't have to do it the way I'm doing it. Yeah. You know, it could just be a few minutes a day. It could be, you know, eating better. Proper eating gives you more energy. Make sure you're hydrating. See, mm -hmm. I have my water while I'm talking to you. <laughs> I have to have my water with me. <laughs> I have refills right here. You know? um, I think, yeah, I think it's just strategizing because, uh, you know, it was, um, I always, as, as you said, I always did. And as you do, I always did have a lot on my plate from when I was a little girl. Cause I started judo from when I was very little and I had to have enough time to get training in and practice in and have a full school day and do homework, just like all the, all the other kids. And we didn't yeah. have, you know, the internet. So if the <laughs> teacher said, okay, you know, it, or laptops. If the teacher said, okay, on top of your day now, I'm going to give you a report to do and you have to go to the library for it. I would just be totally overwhelmed by that because I really could not fit anything else on my plate. Um, you know, to, to compete against some of these people in, in the world, their lifestyles are different. They have a lot more uh, support, financial support. Yeah. And they're doing, they're practicing judo all day. They have it in their universities. They get, they get, excuse me, I'm sorry. They get a degree in judo. Wow. So they can do this full time where it's always been more difficult for Americans. Um, we never had that kind of support. It's getting better, but we still don't have it. So that was very, very difficult for me to, to, to try to get that in. So I would strategically have to fit all these things in. And as I got older and grew up continuing mm -hmm. to do judo and needed the practice and the training and now traveling was more and more traveling was involved. It became more of a difficult thing. I, um, I was lucky enough to be able to double up like in high school, double up on some of my classes and uh, graduate early, finish early. I, I graduated. I was at the ceremony with everyone, but I finished classes yeah. early for my, my judo career. Um, and I had a very, very supportive high school. So they gave me my phys ed credits <laughs> as well. Um, they were very supportive. You know, they, they watched me. They saw how serious I was and they watched, saw my accomplishments. So this was very, uh, they were very ahead of their time. Yeah. Uh, you know, because that's difficult to get. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. What you, you mentioned starting off young and really quickly, everyone, I'm going to, I will say everyone, just so you know, um, one. I'm married, as was mentioned, so I don't got to work out anymore. I got her. She trapped her. Um, she's not <laughs> listening to this right now, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> second, I, I do remember back in the day, like when you said just doing a small thing every day. I started off doing, I think it was like 25 push-ups every day, um, and like 25 sit-ups. And by the, you know, about a couple months in, I was, I was pumping out every morning. 
100 push-ups straight, 100 sit-ups straight. Um, well, cutting the 50, so 50-50 for the for the sit-ups. But like I said, it's just, like you're right. It is these little changes, but over time, they make such a huge impact. Federal open season is over, but you can apply for WEPA life insurance year-round. WEPA has been insuring the future of federal employees for more than 75 years. WEPA can be used as a supplement or replacement for Fagley and can cost less. Last year, members who switched saved $375 on average. Apply for WEPA Group Term Life Insurance and see how much you could save by visiting waepa.org today. And then I, I wanted you, you mentioned starting off young when you were six, something happened to you. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit about that story? Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it sounds like a um, a story that you would see on, on TV, like I'm making it up, but it actually did happen. <laughs> um, when, when I was six, I had strep, strep throat, which today usually is not that big of a deal at all. Uh, but back in the day, I hate to say it like that because it makes me sound and feel very old. <laughs> but I have to say, back in the day, strep could easily turn into rheumatic fever and or rheumatic heart, um, which was something that was life-threatening. So when I got strep, it, it turned into rheumatic fever, which uh, gives you big black and blue blotches all over your legs, and you cannot walk. So I was unable to walk. Thankfully, it didn't hit my heart. Um, I, you know, back, back then there was just um, uh, the, uh, the, the one type of, um, we didn't have amoxicillin and we just had penicillin. Now, yeah. like I said, all these things, I, I don't want to scare, scare people with strep, but you should take care of it. Uh, but it's so, it's so easily taken care of now. But the, um, so it didn't, the, the medication didn't work, turned into rheumatic fever. Uh, I couldn't walk for a good year and a half. I was home from school. It was very debilitating, very painful, very boring. And all I did was sit there, and which I'm, I'm not a television fan of TV at all, but I had sat there and there was nothing else to do but watch TV and just go on my hands and drag myself around backwards, which started oh, wow. giving me good triceps at the time. <laughs> which I didn't know I was going to be using those triceps for judo, but it started the triceps. So I would just, you know, walk, you know, backwards, uh, drag myself on my hands. And um, so what happened was I saw a commercial for martial arts. And so, like I said, I mean, I, I was there for a long time, not being able to, uh, to walk. So it was a lot of television. The homework would be given. I don't know if we didn't, if tutors didn't exist back then, but I didn't have one, so it was frustrating. Mm -hmm. Didn't know how to do the work. So I would throw the homework to the side and go back to watching TV again. <laughs> <laughs> Saw this commercial for martial arts, and they showed different martial arts, but I fell in love with judo. I saw these two guys, and they showed a beautiful judo throw in, um, I'm sorry, in slow motion. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with it. So there I'm sitting, physically not being able to do that at all. And I looked and I thought to myself, wow, how cool would it be if I could throw somebody across the room like that? Don't ask me why a little six-year-old girl from Westchester County, you know, from New York, 
would want to throw somebody across the room. I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> but it's great. It's fun. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to do. And I was obsessed with it after that. Maybe it was out of frustration because I couldn't walk. I was in pain. I, I couldn't do anything. Yeah. But I picked judo. I mean, I could have picked the, any of the other martial arts that were being shown, but I didn't. I picked judo. Do, do you know, if I can, it's a little bit really quickly. Do you, can you remember what it felt like to be that six-year-old girl and not being able to walk and being in pain? Do you, do you remember what it felt like? Well, I remember the pain. Yes. The, yeah. the painful part, I, I do remember. I couldn't understand why I couldn't walk. But I always thought that, well, it's no big deal. I'm going to be walking again, you know, which eventually through steroid treatment, um, thankfully, I, I did start walking again. So, so what I hear right now, and I want to make sure the audience is hearing this too, is at six years old, um, you become basically paralyzed from the leg, uh, waist down, can't walk, um, not only can't walk in pain, um, you are bored because you're at home all the time, can't do anything. Um, way you get around the house is by, you know, using your super triceps to, to pull you across the floor. Um, and, and yet with all of that, you still had the mindset of when this is over, I want to toss someone across the room. I, I think, I think it's amazing. And I want to underscore this for everyone here listening. Seriously, there are going to be times when you feel like you can't move personally, professionally, you're stuck. Not only are you stuck, but you're you're in pain. The the team you work with sucks. The the, the supervisor you work with sucks. Whatever's going on in your life, it 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 it'd be painful, and you're stuck. And the only way to get around is to do something that's awkward and takes a lot of energy. But those the same movement that's awkward in in Eve's situation actually developed her her her, her triceps. Um, I was talking to a woman the other day, a mentor of mine, and we we brought up really great points that you know what. My good supervisors, man, they didn't prepare me for, for bad supervisors. She said, those good supervisors, they, they were super supportive, yes. They, they allowed me to try new things, yes. They, they heard me. They, they listened to me. They allowed me to be my authentic self, yes. But when I was with a bad supervisor, they didn't let me do any of those things. I didn't know how to navigate that space. So she, her and I decided that having those bad supervisors, having those bad times in your life where you feel stuck, where you're in pain and it hurts. And the only way to get out of it is to do something that feels awkward because you've never done it before. But ultimately doing those things builds up muscles that you never know you're going to need. And they could be what changes your life in the future. I just wanted to thank you so much for calling it out, Eve. I, I, I loved, I really loved that you're this, not only the story, but the message behind it. Well, thank you so much. It's very, very touching. <laughs> thank you. Well, you know, I believe that um, that people, if people, if if you want to be successful in life, I think I find that people are so afraid of making mistakes or they don't know what to do with negative things um, or or like like you were just saying things that are not necessarily turning out correctly um, I think the most successful people in life are the ones that take the negative the ones that do this the most become the the most successful people the ones that take the negative and turn it into something positive turns it into something successful or the people that make mistakes and turn it into success. 
uh, we're all going to make mistakes. I think people are too afraid to make mistakes and then it prevents them from going forward and moving forward and even trying at times. I mean, I think, I think trying to me is success. I think when you don't try, you know, I hate to use the word, the word failure because, you know, people use it a lot. Oh, I'm being set up for failure or I failed at this. I failed. At, I don't think there's any such thing as failure. I think if you try, trying mm-hmm. is success. No matter what the outcome is, whether you achieve what you were trying to achieve or you did not achieve it, but you tried. So therefore you, you did achieve something because then if you keep trying, you will achieve it. But if you don't try, it's never going to happen. And if we have to use the word failure, that's failure, not trying. I admire anybody and everybody that tries, even if it's something that, you know, they're unfamiliar with, or it's something, you know, so new to them, or they just trying. I, I could look at that person and say, wow, you know, if, if I were the CEO of a company that needed to recruit people, I see that person trying and trying so hard, you know, in an area that maybe they have no idea, or maybe they do have an idea, but they're still trying. That, that to me is success. That's, that is, that's a winner. That's a winner. I, I, like that was so inspirational. See, look, you, you and I just bouncing inspiration. This inspiration is flying everywhere right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to throw another idea by you. Um, I, I know we only have so much time. Mm-hmm. Again, when you got into this game, it was male dominated, right? Yes. Um, and I didn't look at the stats this morning. I, I, I should have, I, I meant to. Um, but if you look at the, the, the corporate space, most organizations generally male dominated in the leadership positions, senior leadership positions. What advice would you have for women who are trying to break into something that historically hasn't favored them? What, what advice would you have? What advice would you have for them? Well, I could tell you coming from me, like you said, going into a male dominant sport when I was nine years old, is that that's when I started after I got better from the rheumatic fever and all that. Uh, so I started, I started when I was nine. And I, I would say, I guess I just, I don't know if I want to put it that way. Or I, I thought like a child. To me, I, I was entering something that I didn't even think about it. You know, as children, sometimes we don't think about certain things. I think when, yeah. when, we, when we grow up and we, we overthink things, you know, our, our minds are more developed. We, we, um, hit more spots that are difficult because we've experienced more in life. And I think sometimes when you, you've experienced less and you're kind of innocent <laughs> to things and um, just, yeah, I guess just innocent to things, you don't overthink things as much and you don't, um, you just don't think about it. I entered, I went on the judo mat, not even thinking about the fact that I was the only girl on the mat. I didn't even care. I just went on the mat and I did it. And I had one lesson and that Sunday, which is something that you shouldn't, you shouldn't do. Um, this is a co- coaches will not do this Be- before I, um, uh, went to, uh, uh coach Rusty Kanakogi. I started with someone local, um, for the first year or so. And, he had me go into a competition after one lesson. Not a good idea. I, I knew how to fall, which was good. Um, I definitely needed to know that. That was about it. I, so I went into the competition. And again, 
no girls, it was only boys, but I didn't think about it. So what I'm trying to get, what I'm putting together for someone that I would give advice to is don't think about it so much. Like we're, we're all, we eat, breathe, sleep the same. Um, I, I didn't care. And I, to this day, I don't care if I get on the judo mat to give a clinic or a seminar. I don't even think about who's on the mat. I just think about bodies in judo geese. I don't mm-hmm. think about male, female. I, and I think that that's really the way you have to think about it. Yeah. is just go into something, not worrying about who or what, and just be yourself, be who you are and, and uh, do your thing. Be yeah. there and achieve what you want to achieve and do it well and do it to the best of your ability. I think that when, when you're doing something, prepare properly and do it to the best of your ability and, and try to be your personal best. And I think if you could go into things that way, everything else around you doesn't really matter. Um, I think that's the most important thing. Man. I hope that answered your question. It, or partially anyway. Look, you over and beyond, madam, over and beyond. I, I look, I know we have to start wrapping up because anything you have to yes. jump off because you're, um, I think you said you're going to go toss um, the rock and John Cena around a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, and you know, if you, if you, if you got some energy, maybe you'll toss Jason Momoa too. Um, I just, I just want to open think one. I want to thank you again, but two, I want to open the floor for you. Is there anything you'd like to share as we begin to wrap up? You know, I, I just want to maybe review uh, a little bit of, of what we talked about. Um, I think everybody just needs to take a breath sometimes and just try to focus on the important things in life and prioritize. And like I said, take one step at a time. Um, that's, that's what I do in my daily routine. Um, I, you know, have gone from judo and, and fit, judo got me into fitness. That's how I started my business, Eve's Ultimate Body Training. And I always had a very, very uh, busy, busy schedule and busy life. And I think that's what most people are concerned about, you know, how to manage these things. And first off, of course, I'm going to promote um, staying healthy, you know, being fit. It gives you more energy to be able to do all of these things and um, try to do things that make you happy, whether you're someone starting out in as an athlete or starting out in the business world, pick something that you enjoy, pick something that that you are having a good time with, something that you could picture yourself doing all day for a good portion of your life. You know, that that's really, really a very, very important thing is to pick something you enjoy. And then from that, you could build off onto other things that will help you either in your profession or in your life, in your daily routine. Just like with judo, I, I fell in love with judo. It's a passion of mine. And that got me into fitness because I started cross-training at a very young age. And because I was so into fitness, some of my teammates, they used to come and stay with me and I would put them through their conditioning routines. And I did it with athletes. And then I started to get into it with non-athletes, which is how I started a business that way. Then, you know, went into, from there, went into managing a health club for eight years. I started there working very part-time because I was 
training for the Olympics. So again, that was balancing things, but focused on my, my main goal, which at that point in time was the Olympics. Uh, but again, it's all, it's all about balance, prioritizing, uh, strategic, you know, strategically looking at things, being uh, strategic in your life, in your daily routine, and get up every morning, like I said before, and have something at the end of your day, whatever time that might be, that you enjoy doing and make sure, make sure you do it because that gives you something to look forward to at the end of the day, at the end of a difficult day or stressful day. You could always look back and say, hey, you know what? Eight o'clock tonight, I'm going to sit in my living room and have a cup of tea with a special person by yourself. End the day with knowing that you have just something that makes you feel good, whatever, whatever it may be, and, and try to stick to those routines one step at a time oh. and believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. That's such an important thing is to believe in yourself. From when I was a little girl, I always believed in myself. Um, and, and maybe, you know, again, that was a little girl's uh, way of thinking, but I continued it a- as a woman. And I, I think that you could achieve anything when you believe in yourself and you have faith. You have to have a lot of faith in yourself and the things that you're doing. And I don't necessarily mean religious faith. If that's your thing, that's that's wonderful. For me, it was just having faith. Yeah. in myself and what I was doing. And I still do. I still believe in myself and I still have faith. Thank you so much, Eve. You, you are phenomenal. You, ah, you're awesome. The <laughs> Thank only... you so much. So are you. <laughs> I, I, again, I'll sing you that check later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, everyone, you know where I'm going with this. If you found anything of value in today's conversation, I know you did because I know I did. Don't be that guy. Don't be that gal. Don't look back. Reach back. Bring someone else to the table and bring this content to them. If you found something that touched your heart, it's set on you type of way that's going to make you do things differently, see the world differently, I promise you that can also be what your friend needs, what your what your spouse needs, what your what your family member needs, what your coworker needs. So take these episodes. Make sure you share them. Make sure you invite people to listen to these things with you. Then discuss it and let us know if, if what, you think we're crazy. Let us know. We want to hear back from you. Ah, oh, goodness gracious. Everyone, thank you so much for being here, Eve. Thank you so much for everyone for you listening and watching. As thank always. You. <laughs> Madam. It's a pleasure. And as always, stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Executive Appeal with Alex Trumbull. I invite you to follow The Executive Appeal wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me, your host, Alex Trimble, across all socials or via email for exclusive webinars, courses, and his speaking engagements on continued topics of executive leadership. So until next time, stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving.